anyone can wear the mask and welcome to episode 28 of large popcorn a space where friends gather around to have elevated and comfortable discussions about all things film in the least pretentious way possible for those of you who don't know me i'm your host christian macias and alongside me today is the host of patch notes mental health advocate and your friendly tejano bicon cesar torres hello my friend what's up danger Oh, fuck. What's, what's oh that was so good <laughs> i i i totally ruined it right away too <laughs> i loved it dude that was awesome what's up what's going on what's good just surviving the heat somehow just drinking lots of water hopefully you are too gotta stay hydrated yeah yeah uh, a- for mm-hmm, for because this is going up later uh Right now we're recording this during the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, and Christian's going through it. <laughs> Dude, it's rough out here, man. I'm just sweating nonstop. I was telling, I said I came back from the grocery store, and it was like, casi me desmaye. I almost passed out, dude. But oh, we're, su- we're surviving. It's so much worse with, like, the blacktop. It's just because ah. it reflects the heat. And you're in Oregon, so it's mm-hmm. like, I'm guessing it's really humid up there, too. A little bit humid, yeah. I think I'm thinking I'm gonna go watch a movie today to the, in the movie theater just to get out of the heat for a little bit. So I think Fast Nine is what I'm watching tonight. Heat it up to cool down. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Nitro fueled baby. Folks, remember that each week a new episode of Large Popcorn goes live, where I and a guest talk about the latest in cinema world news, as well as anything and everything movies. If you like what you hear, please give us a sub on your favorite podcast service of choice, and remember to leave a review because that does indeed help us out. If you have any questions, please DM them directly to at large popcorn pod over on Twitter or to myself at ISO Christian. A new episode goes live every Tuesday, so we sincerely hope that you stick around. As always, all the resources and items we discuss in today's show notes will be down in the description below. So give that a gander. For now, let's get into our first news items of the day with our show segment called Real Roundup. Christian over in post-production, will you do me a favor and play the clip? I like to have to remind yourself <laughs> to do it. I don't know. It's just funny. I just started doing it. <laughs> All right. I got three items for us today to talk about. And and uh, the first one is wild. Okay, you ready? Yeah. This is really interesting for me because I talk about video game news. I never really talk about movie news. So this is exciting. It's fun. All righty. This comes from Deadline. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is set to star and direct Unfrosted for Netflix. This is a movie oh, based God. on one of Seinfeld's jokes. Uh, telling the story of the invention of the Pop-Tart. My man, are you ready for this movie? What's the joke? <laughs> Dude, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Wait. So it's about the invention of the Pop-Tart. Yeah, Seinfeld has like a bit where he's talking about like the Pop-Tart. He's like, what was it like inventing this or whatever? You know? Man, when are they going to make the airplane food movie? What's the deal <laughs> with airplane food? What? Why? Mm-hmm. Who? Netflix wins movie about creator of Pop Tart. That's such a weird. I like that there's a bidding war for that too. That sounds like there was a bidding war for that. It sounds like there he was pitching it around to studios. Well, I know that Seinfeld had his little YouTube series, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Then that got picked up by Netflix, and so they have like a little history there. And Seinfeld just like probably just pitched it. Netflix is like, sure, we'll pay you money to do this. And you know what? It's working because I'm going to watch it. I can't wait. Do you remember the last movie that Seinfeld made? The last movie that Seinfeld made? Mm-hmm. No, I do not. The Really, my only touchstone to Seinfeld is like a few episodes of Command's Cars Getting Coffee and the Seinfeld show. Those are like my only like... Oh, and the B-movie, obviously. There we go. That was the last one <laughs> in 2007, B-movie. <laughs> wait, so it's really been... 14 years since he's made a movie yeah and he's like oh, yeah let's, years ago. let's write another one baby all about pop tarts it's so weird oh man if he doesn't say do you like jazz in this movie i'm gonna be so upset iconic quote dude i, I still say it that's how you that's how you get all the that's how you get all the guys and gals is go up to them at the bar and just be like hey you like jazz i'm gonna start doing that now that it's like almost post pandemic bars are starting to open hey. up hey you like jazz Hey, 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 Christian, you like jazz? You like jizz? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I regret um, saying that. 
I already regret saying that, but that, that leads me to my next we can, question. We can talk afterwards. About <laughs> what is uh, the best pop tart flavor? I've only had a few, uh, but I do like the like the chocolate fudge ones. Uh, mm, mm. Yeah, I'm a big chocolate fan. I love chocolate. S'mores was about, s'mores for me, but growing s'mores. up in middle school, I had a soft spot for the uh, the strawberry. You heat it up in the 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 toaster mm-hmm. a little bit. You munch on that with some leche. Amazing. I think I've only had like three pop tarts in my life, and the the other one that I had was like, <laughs> it was like a healthy alternative to strawberry, because yeah. I got it from my school. Yeah, because like, they they would give them at school, and it was just like this weird like low carb pop tart thing. Right. And it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't. Like you would think, like because it's school food, it would taste like really stale or anything. It, it wasn't that. It was good. I liked it. Wow, I will have to try. It. Oh my god, I'm looking up like Pop Tarts flavors. There's some disgusting ones out here, dude. There's a, they they made some choices. They make some choices with Pop Tarts. They they there's some really interesting ones in there. Let me read you a few. A and W root beer. Yep, that's the one I was thinking of. Watermelon. Grape. Bold. That's about all the weird ones, I think. Oh, guava mango. Yeah. That's, 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 ooh, the leche. That sounds pretty good. Uh, that, those are bold choices. Those and, are bold. Anyway, we somehow have devolved into a, a, a Pop-Tart podcast. We're going to go back to movies here with our second news item. Um, this comes from Discussing Film. Transformers Rise of the Beasts is set for June God. 2022. The film is directed by Stephen Capel Jr., uh, with Anthony uh, Ramos and Dominic uh, Fishback to star, with Peter Cullen voicing Optimus Prime. Sir, are you ready for this movie? People need to stop watching these movies. What? <laughs> people, people need to stop, like, because people hate watch them. And be, even if they hate watch them, they still get, like, the views. They still, like, mm-hmm. get the money for it. And every time a new Transformers movie comes out, every I always see like online people are like, "This sucks. They need to stop making these." I was like, "Okay, stop watching them." And nobody. Like, to be fair, stop. those were the Michael Bay movies. Have you seen Bumblebee? Okay. Fair enough. So this has nothing to do with Michael Bay. No, absolutely not. Okay, so I have hope. I have hope then. And with Anthony Ramos uh, starring, you may have seen him in uh, what just came out uh, in the Heights. He was the star. I haven't seen that, but I I, I do know who he is. Yeah, He's a great actor. So uh, we will be watching on June twenty twenty two. You think? We'll we'll see. Uh, like it, it's a thing. If there's really like, I don't have a great history with the Transformers uh, saga. I guess sure. franchise. Uh. So it's that thing where it's like, if nothing's on, then yeah, I'll watch it. What about you? You want to check it out? I mean, I like Bumblebee enough. Like, I had a good time that I'll, I'll check this out for sure. It seemed like after, like, Michael Bay left, these movies are actually good now. So, yeah, I have faith. It's almost like J.J. <laughs> Abrams and Michael Bay were the ones that were ruining these franchises all along. But, you know. Uh, you know what? Move on. That said, <laughs> I, uh, my friend and I have been playing Beat Saber, like, two or three times a, a week. Uh-huh. And we bought the Linkin Park pack. Let me tell you, some of those songs they made for Transformers, they still slap. Oh yeah, like but that's about one, it. One thing's for sure: those those soundtracks were not bad. Yeah, the movies themselves, ooh. pretty bad, pretty bad. <laughs> but but you know, it was if it's the same people that made Bumblebee, I have hope. So as I long appreciate as it's not that. Last night or like, dude, I heard that one was so bad. Yeah, God, I have not seen it. But I, 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 I almost want to. to. <laughs> I almost want to. It's gonna be the thing where it's like at the one dollar bin in Walmart, and I'll just be like, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why? I'll get it. Our last news item. Uh, we got some updated movie release dates uh, for the rest of the year, uh, and there are four movies coming out on the same day. October twenty second is going to be a stacked day. We've got Dune. The French Dispatch, Last Night in Soho, and Jackass 4 all releasing on the same day. What a lineup. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be living in the theater that day. Are you kidding me? Dune? 
Last Night in Soho and Jackass 4, that's... Those do not seem like movies that should be... I'm doing the math here, dude. I and guess it's, it's like for everybody. Fine. This is almost 10 hours worth of movies. I'm excited. Like, like nine hours. Oh, fuck. Nine hours of movies? That's a whole ass work day. I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. I, I'm trying to decide. Because I'm going to see all four, I think, on one day. I'm going to try to. Because it'd be insane to try. So I think I'm going to... Oh, sorry. Uh, my my computer froze. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just talking. No, um, I was saying, like, there's something for everybody, I guess. But it's just such a weird lineup for me. Jackass 4 is such a random one, but I'm so excited to see it. I'm, why are they still making Jackass movies? Whatever. Why not? Is Like, hell yeah. One of, those, g- one of those guys is going to die on camera. <laughs> I grew up with Jackass, so I'm very excited. And it's the last one, so you got to go see it. Is it really the last one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, these guys are getting older, man. Johnny Knoxville is like over 50. Didn't, didn't Johnny Knoxville like break his fucking body trying to swim in San Antonio? That I don't know, but he did uh, go to the hospital in one of the jackasses because he tried uh, backflipping a motorcycle and it landed on his pelvis and he like shattered his pelvis. God. And man. he's like, yeah, let's do more. <laughs> the shit these guys do. People think they're committed to content. They're not as committed as Johnny Knoxville is. Like nobody's as committed to. Dude, absolutely not. Yeah. I, 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 it's, jackasses has always been a thing where like I respect it for what it is. Uh, I'm not seeking it out, but I have massive respect for those guys because they will do anything. One of my favorite memories of high school is uh, going with a big crew to go see Jackass 3D in the theater. And, like, that was a fun time. You know? Captured the spirit of me growing up. And, like, I can't wait to see what this next one's all about. Yeah. Uh, October 22nd sounds like a really fun day to go to the movies. Uh, well, no. Actually, it doesn't sound fun. It'll probably be really packed. So. I mean, hopefully by then, like, you know, people are maxed up, you know? Even then. Even before the pandemic, going to a movie theater when it's packed is just a nightmare. That's true. So it's like, <laughs> hopefully it's fine. Uh, but you know yeah. what? Here's I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go watch Dune the night of the 21st at midnight, whatever, like the 9 p.m. showing. Yeah. Watch maybe the French Dispatch on the 22nd. And then that leaves the 23rd. I'll do a double feature that day. Last night, Soho and Jackass 4. Split it up over the weekend. We did it, baby. We planned it. <laughs> Already. Like that is... Exactly. That is it for Real Roundup. If we miss anything, feel free to shout at us over on Twitter. And if any other big news breaks, stick around because we may just talk about it in our next episode. Now, let's see what's on the marquee with today's topic of the show. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So that, so this is where I read the, okay. Yeah, do me a favor and uh, and read me the uh, description of the movie. I'm so unprofessional. <laughs> uh, okay, Miles Morales is juggling his life between being a high school student and being a Spider-Man. When Wilson Kingpin Fisk uses a super collider, others from across the Spider-Verse are transported to this dimension. That is a very um simple description of what this movie is yeah i I usually pick the simpler description just to get us in the mood of the movie of course spider-man into the spider-verse released in 2018 directed by bob perichetti peter ramsey and rodney rothman written by phil lord and rodney rothman and distributed by sony pictures entertainment I kind of want to begin our description, our description, our discussion today with uh, a question, simple one. What is your history with Spider-Man? A long and short one, if that makes sense. Um, Because obviously I grew up watching like, you know, Tobey Maguire movies. I saw, (laughs) I I like the Andrew Garfield movies. I I know a lot of people don't, but I, I like them for what they are. Um... And I grew up watching some of the animated shows. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, for me, for the longest time, 
Peter Parker was like Spider-Man for me. And so for this movie to come out and for Peter Parker not to be the main character was such an exciting new thing for me. Uh, uh, but what's your history with Spider-Man? Yeah, I, I growing up, I was a big Spider-Man and Peter Parker fan. I think he still is like my favorite superhero. When I think of like what Spider, what superhero would I want to be? Spider-Man is always um, one of my choices. It's either that or like a Superman, just like flight and invincibility is cool. But Spider-Man for sure seems really fun, and he's like one of the most relatable characters ever in comic yeah. books he's designed that way so like i would watch the tv shows like the, in the like the 90s i was playing the ps1 games it was it was everything spider-man for me and yeah of course Tobey Maguire movies and stuff later so yeah I've, I've always loved spider-man um and then i know when miles morales like the comic book was coming out i thought it was cool to finally get some uh poc representation he's half black half uh i think yeah. puerto rican or dominican right I, I think he's Puerto Rican. Okay, okay, Puerto uh, Rican. Which I'll, I, I should probably look up. But uh, I remember seeing somewhere where, like, I think Stan Lee said that he wanted to make Peter Parker very relatable. Mm -hmm. Like, because he was, like, a high school student. And in a world where superheroes are, like, these yoked-up super soldiers and billionaires and, like, russian spies and you know all these different things for them to throw in like a high schooler that was just accidentally bit by a spider and having to juggle like going to school relationships and being a superhero and trying to save the city at the same time is such an interesting concept and peter parker has always been like such a great example of that Obviously, people love Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Yeah, I think what makes... And... Go ahead. No, it's like, well, like for me, to throw in a spin on it with a Miles Morales, who I think has always kind of been younger than Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, with the, the, the like you said, he's a person of color. He's uh, Afro-Latino. Exactly. It's such a interesting element yeah for, for peter parker i think some of the best spider-man stories are always the ones um and this is usually the case for most of them is that the ones that concern like peter juggling his human life not so much his superhero life so stuff like you know paying rent or you know uh trying to catch a, a date with mary jane or or um you know being concerned with aunt may and I don't think that spirit is lost um, with Miles Morales, even in the movie. It's uh, just different. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, which is, I think it's perfect because every, no two people are the same. And I think this movie captures that perfectly in which there's all these different spider people and all their struggles are very different, but very similar. Um, yeah, I mean, even this movie, it's it's it, I, yeah, it's it's about coming to terms with being a superhero, but it's also, you know, identity shaping. It's also how do I deal with um, relationships with my dad and my uncle, uh, growing up and being a teen and being awkward. It's all that stuff on top of uh, juggling being Spider Man, which I, I think is like so powerful in this movie. And it's just, were you a comics guy growing up? Like, did you like grow? Up reading comics comics adjacent like I'd, I'd read some stuff here and there but i was never yeah. huge into it same as somebody that, that i wanted to get into comics but i never really could i really love how faithful this thing was to basically being a comic book brought to life i know like, right and it just, it's literally it, it's literally like reading a comic book and but like comic book storytelling is different from movie storytelling so they obviously that that movie storytelling for the movie but like as far as like the imagery and just like the art in it there's even like a feature i don't know if you know this have you ever noticed like there are moments where like there's red and blue yeah dots, i have that like, i have that written mm -hmm. the kirby dots the kirby dots yeah that's like a printing error that was like 
in well like there there's there is a printing error during the Kirby era in which sometimes red and blue dots would overlay over each other and they'd look like 3D. And they did that a lot during like the beginning half of the movie. And it's to kind of like homage when there are printing errors. I also read that uh, it's like that same chromatic vibration helped with uh, aberration. Sorry, not aberration. Help. It, it was like a, a way to also have characters in focus. Like the background um, would be a little bit more blurry. Yeah, and that they, was with that chromatic stuff, which I thought was really they, cool. They, they would do that, but like I think the specifically the red and blue dots was like a printing error. Actually, well, while you brought this up, let's get into some trivia before we discuss more of the film. Yeah, there's a lot of st- cool stuff in this movie. Uh, um, go ahead. Jason, you want to say? I love that. I think it's basically any of Miles's movements because Miles. It's a very like hip hop character. He's a very like street kid. He's very enveloped in his Puerto Rican and African American cultures. Anytime he does like a movement or a thwip, it's like a record scratch. Oh, that was yeah, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did hear that a lot. Yeah. It's it's like a record scratch. It's like it's not like a it's like a they remixed it. It was really cool. They did have a lot That's of because because Miles Morales is like really big into hip hop. I'm and, sure you have more. Mm-hmm, no, I have, yeah, I have a few written out, but that's a big one that I didn't write down. That I didn't write down a lot was that yeah, Miles' movement it was tied to his music interests a lot, which I I think adds yeah. a lot of character and like flavor to the character of Spider Man. Yeah, I'm sorry, my computer keeps freezing. Oh, it's okay. I didn't even notice. Uh, oh, okay. But but yeah, that's one of my favorite things in this movie, and I'm just, that's one of my favorite Easter eggs. And I'm sure you have plenty more. Yeah, let me read you a few. Uh, it was announced shortly, and this comes from IMDb. It was announced shortly after Stanley's death at age 95 that he had recorded a cameo for the film, and that it would be his final voice acting role. So the directors, um, let's see here, I, I misspelled something or I mis miscopied. Uh, they felt it was uh, so integral to the spirit of the movie and considered his role as extra meaningful following his death. And we'll talk about that moment a little bit later, but it's one of the one of my favorite Stanley cameos, I think. Oh, yeah, it's definitely more meaningful, especially because you realize how much love he had for the character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Here, here's one I didn't know until I've, I was uh, getting ready for the show. If you hit pause any time a train goes by, because all the animators wanted to animate Stanley. He's in uh, almost every single train in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I I I knew that one because I did pause the screen at one point, like when there was a train, and I was like, "Why is there like two Stanleys?" And it was just so funny. That's this whole film is filled with like nothing but love for Spider Man and the creators for it. I love it, dude. I, what I love about this film, we were talking about the art you could pause any moment in this film and it's just like a screensaver. Like, oh, it's just yeah. like a beautiful piece of art. I could hang any frame in this movie up in my house and it'll just look amazing. So I, I usually do the um, cover art for the show as I'm getting ready for like all these notes and stuff. Um, and I had a hard time picking what's going to be the episode art. So I have a few extras that I'll probably share on Twitter. <laughs> it's such beautiful beautiful art direction and i don't know if you saw how they did the what's up danger scene but they basically had like this weird shaped like new york where they made the buildings way taller than they actually are supposed to be oh really and yeah it's like a weird 3d model type of thing if you if you ever look this up it's really fascinating they 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 basically just made the buildings longer than they actually are to give more gravity to Miles becoming Spider-Man. I want to. I want to. That's really cool. I want to talk more about that scene too, but we'll we'll get in touch well, on it well, a little like, bit we're later. About, like Easter eggs and stuff like that. So that's, that's oh yeah, really... yeah, that's cool. I like that. I got two more for you. Uh, it was Peter Ramsey's idea to hold off on the visual comic language, word bubbles, panels, etc., until Miles is bitten by the spider which i didn't even notice but he, like yeah yeah no yeah it's one of my favorite parts 
uh, when he is having his internal dialogue, which is also the first time he has an internal dialogue in the movie as well. Yeah, why am I thought so loud? Yeah, he he's never like he never thinks in that movie. He he's just yeah. There's never a thought in that movie until he gets bit by the spider. That's, yeah, makes sense. It's perfect. One one that I didn't include, but I just remembered is that uh, in the universe of Miles Morales, the Spider-Man in the comics that he has, his name is Billy Barker. Yeah, and that's in this too, right? Yeah. Or, or that, that yeah, that in in this movie, the comic book Spider-Man is called Billy Barker. Thought that was funny. And this last one comes from Business Insider. It's also a YouTube video on a channel's insider from Business Insider, and I have it linked in the show notes. I have a quote here from <clears throat> from the YouTube. One of the most noticeable differences uh, involves frame rate, and this is, of course, like the most famous trivia of this movie. Uh, animated yeah. films are typically twenty-four frames per second. After and creating a different image for each frame is known as, as animating on the ones. Spider-Verse broke the mold and animated much of the movies on twos as well, meaning they kept some of the images on screen for two frames, which makes the animation feel, as the producers describe it, crunchy. Each character's pose lasts longer and is more pronounced. Uh, They can make Miles seem fast or skilled in some shots on ones and struggle in others on twos. Sometimes he would be on twos while other characters were on ones, like Gwen and, and Peter B. Parker. Most notably is that scene where he's swinging with Peter B. Parker for the first time. And you slowly, if you really pay attention, if you really focus, you see like Peter is swinging on ones. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, my computer again. <laughs> God, this time, this time I could tell, yeah, because you just stopped talking. Uh, I was like, <laughs> Peter, Peter is swinging on ones and Miles swinging on twos. And then you slowly see Miles go from two frames to one frame and it's just because he's getting more comfortable with it and i think that's so beautiful this movie's so cool man it's so it's so good so good might as well just jump into it right yeah so actually one one of the things i wanted to ask real quick is what made you pick the movie to watch uh, for us today i just relate to miles so much i uh he's a high schooler (laughs) I can't really relate to him that much anymore. But like um his relationship with his father reminds me of mine. Mm. And it's like you both love each other, but there's still kind of like this restrained like wall between you two. Like there's still like this barrier between you two. Yeah. Thing. And like you both love each other and you're trying to understand where the other's coming from, but it's like you're still building these walls. And I I I get that. I I it's 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 interesting how from the beginning of the movie Miles like wants nothing to do with his dad. And his dad seems kinda of like closed off too in a way where he's like You have to go to the school, you have to do this, you have to do that. And Miles just wants to do his own thing. But as the movie goes on, they kind of like understand each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love. Love their relationship. And like I said, each spider person is beautiful, unique, but their struggles are the same. And I think that's how they handled that is great. And we're going to talk about this. uh, All the reasons why I love this movie, right? But this is honestly, if you held a gun to my head, and ask me what's my favorite movie, I would say Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse without a... Wow. Really? Like, this, is, this is straight up... I It's just perfect for me. And, like, I, like obviously nothing's perfect, right? There's some flaws. Like, there's some moments where, like, that, that had to be there. I can't really think of any right now, but I know watching the movie, I was like... Actually, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh... Did you watch it in theaters? It, it's almost it's almost perfect. It's almost like an entirely perfect movie. Uh, yeah, I did watch it in theaters. Heck yeah. Heck it, yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it, it was in a theater, and it was just me and one other guy. And so it was just oh, like, it's a little awkward. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, it'd be great if I was by myself. 
because then I could just enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there's one other person there, I was like, oh, fuck. but yeah, it was great. Um, you you've always you've obviously said you love the movie, but what are your what are your what are your thoughts on it? I think from the very beginning, you can just tell that this is a love letter to Spider Man. It's it's yeah. you get the the intro of Peter A. Parker. And you get like Spider-Man references left and right. You're getting references to uh, the Tobey Maguire movies, um, to the comic books, God, and then Spider-Man you, 3. yeah, yeah. But then you freaking like what? I was so expect unexpected. This is like literally the moment I could tell. Oh my god, this one's gonna be amazing. Is when oh, they when show. He just dies? No, it was actually way before oh. that. But that's also a great moment. But it's the moment uh, when they show the um, the ice cream the spider-man like oh, ice cream yeah. and, he, and it's like oh my god they like they, they even threw this in there yeah these guys get it and after yeah. that moment i was in all the way like this, I, I love yeah. the parodying of the parody of spider-man in, in itself like the very like self like you said the ice cream but self-aware I love, is a good like, way to put it yeah the christmas album that they made for this movie too which they put out I don't know if you actually. Yeah, to. yeah. Uh, they did that, and you said the Tobey Maguire references and stuff like that. Just I, the merch and things like that. The self awareness is is great. And I also like one of the themes here is is identity, and but mm-hmm. like I think in identity you also get some like familial themes. So it's a lot with family and you, like you said it with your dad. It, it reminds me of my relationship with my dad. And the way I kind of distance myself from him, like I sometimes I feel like I can't be, um, I guess the real me that I am, like at home and stuff, and yeah. showing more of my personality when I'm around my father. I'm like way more reserved, and I think Miles feels the same way. You know, I don't think his father approves of all the stuff that Miles is into, and, and like yeah, his dad's an actual cop, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't be tagging in front of your cop dad, but yeah, I I felt like I could still relate to Miles in this way. And uh, I mean, you even get like the direct message. Anyone can wear the mask. Like, I think that's as much a message to all of us as viewers that any of us can can be the people that we want to be as much as it is a message for Miles. So, yeah, I found this movie to be super powerful and like very fun. It's as as a beautiful, as a important message as this movie has. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, there's rarely like a, a down moment in this movie but even still like there are a few moments where like the the pacing kind of slows down but it's so needed like that i'm thinking of that moment when um miles uh is like trapped by the other spider-man because they don't want miles to come risk his life because he's not ready yet and so he can't talk and his dad shows up and he's like dude i'm getting teary-eyed just as uh he's talking like miles i love you i'm i want to cry just thinking about it man that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie that's one of my favorite scenes like ever it's just his dad outside of the door and he's like i know you're there and i know you're listening but just please hear me out what's funny is that this movie hit me way harder this this is my second time watching it and it hit me way harder than when i first saw it and i don't know what it is and i'm still trying to figure it out but maybe it's the fact that i'm getting older you know and i I think about my family differently than i did when this came out but Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot here that just is is giving me pause and i'm getting teary-eyed and it's like man like she called me dad huh uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I should call my dad I'm, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the same house as my dad i could just go outside and just go, hey um yeah something just so beautifully special and like you you were talking about that i wasn't even talking when you said like slow m- moments Mm. I was thinking about when he's on the bus with Gwen. Oh, yeah. And they're just like having that moment where they're just like connecting and they're like just building a stronger connection. Uh, Which I was, they they planted the seeds for, but I think they mentioned the sequel is going to touch more on their relationship. I think it's just the the fact that um, Miles is realizing that he's not alone. And that he has this yeah. support system that he couldn't find. That I think that he couldn't like, find with though, his dad, and that he wasn't getting with with his with, with his uncle Aaron. Not even just that, but like in a world where everybody is normal except you, 
you were the only person that is like yourself and the only mm. other person that was like you just died and you are stuck by yourself as the only spider-man in this world and for him to like see he's not alone and others are going through this as well you just brought it up so i kind of want to touch on that like what a moment dude like we've been introduced to this new iteration of spider-man what for maybe two three minutes most and the way he interacts with miles and like presents himself as like this calm person like hey i can help you if uh you know if you want that to mm-hmm. to then going to uh, to sacrificing himself just to try and save the universe yeah and then mm-hmm. wait did you were, did i cut out earlier no 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 oh, okay uh yeah and then just to be left alone and then to find his like own community type of thing exactly so much Sh- growth in miles's character throughout this movie too that's, that's literally the... too his pants don't fit <laughs> that's, that's a good one well he's wearing he starts off by wearing that really tiny like spider-man kids costume oh man it's <laughs> like made for like a five-year-old uh which while we're here you want to talk about that stanley moment yeah let's bring that up that when he's he's in the shop after uh peter a parker dies Mm-hmm. Um and who is the the man at the cash register but uh, another than Stan Lee He's, and Miles is saying you know can I return it if it doesn't fit and Stanley comes with the uh, it always fits eventually and, and that, behind him is a sign that says like no refunds <laughs> yeah which which is funny but the message itself like has so much yeah. heart and like the fact that when I watched this in the theater this obviously came out after Stanley died was enough to make me emotional yeah. like stanley probably shaped a lot of who my who i am today and the stories that i enjoy so, you know so to, to to hear him saying that not just to miles but i think to us as viewers really yeah is is really is really moving it that whole sequence was weird to me because i didn't know where stanley was in the movie when i saw it and so for him to come up when spider-man fucking died and th- that whole sequence to me wasn't just like, oh, the Spider-Man in this movie died. The guy that gave life to Spider-Man died. Mm-hmm. And that just hit so hard for me. Both of them, Stanley and yeah. Steve Ditko died uh, yeah. before this movie came out. Yeah, Obviously, Steve Ditko was more in the background. Uh, but yeah, sure, he, sure. He yeah. passed away like fairly recently as well when the movie came out. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Should we talk I, about some of our favorite? It's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just so fitting. But mm-hmm. this is like one of his last roles too. Yeah. But yeah. We're we're gonna say. Should we talk about some of our favorite moments of the movie? <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel I feel like it's what we're doing anyway. But like, <laughs> any yeah, more yeah, that we yeah, can yeah. we can bring up it's, while we're here? I'll just talk about the whole fucking movie. Um, yeah. Start to finish. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite things in this movie. Is when they introduce a new character. Yes. And they just like, all right, let's go over this from the top. And the comic book comes out and it's like their whole backstory. And it's just, oh, it's just so fucking good. Every time, like from Peter Parker Prime to Peter B. Parker, as soon as Peter B. Parker's came up, I was like, this is great. But it works. And, and I feel like even though we may not know, like, I mean, I know who Spider-Man Noir is, but I didn't know who Penny Parker was that much. I so, so, from my understanding, Penny Parker is a very, very obscure character that's only been in, like, one or two runs. And the the one that, like, most people bring up is that she was in a Spider-Verse run. And she mm. wasn't even, like, the main character. Interesting. Oh, did I? What's that? Did I, did I, bought a, did I leave again? No. You're still talking. Oh. Oh the one that she the one run that she was in was like a spider-verse run and she wasn't even like one of the main characters and so she's very very obscure Mm -hmm. and for this character to have like very little background and to make her feel very fleshed out in like the five minutes that we get her is just so fucking good she's one of my favorite characters in the movie yeah you you said it pretty well that's what i appreciate this movie so much is that even just getting that small moment of like backstory i feel like i 
know them enough to care about the characters just by them spending just a few minutes explaining who they are in a very cool and interesting way that we were like they were doing throughout the entire movie so yeah and then and then to to get like at, at in the final moments of the film you get like miles version of it like after he becomes yeah. the completion of the, the origin whole, story a final moment of the movie is basically just yeah mm. yeah so good like, the final moment is like the start of his story as spider-man and i think that's this is my favorite spider-man origin story movie that they've done like my favorite spider-man movie obviously it's my favorite movie right but like i don't know this this is very special mm-hmm. um and the thing was i knew nicholas cage was in this movie i just totally forgot it was spider-man noir so when he came up I was like listening for a few lines. I was like, "Is that, is that the guy from National Treasure?" You damn right, <laughs> damn right it is. It's like, why is he talking like that? <laughs> John Mulaney as Peter Porker is great casting, also. It is, but somehow cast somehow is I find somehow I find Nicolas Cage better, and I think it's because of the, because of his one line that gets me every time. <laughs> It's uh, sometimes I, I sometimes I uh, like I, I light a, a match and let it burn uh, to my fingers just to feel something. So good, oh. dude. There's a there's another line where he they're in Aunt May's house where oh, fuck I forget what it is. Is like they're gonna fight and he's like shut up and dance is like something like that I forget what it is. oh he's got like the old timey like fisticuffs moves where he's like shaking his fists like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> that's a good one too i'll probably look it up uh but like it's so fucking funny yeah but john yeah. john mulaney too amazing um i'm just looking up I can't find it. You're looking at the oh, quote? It's just, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the quote, but it's basically just like, is this a ballroom or something? Are we going to fucking dance? Like something, something along those lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, every, every character in this is great. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a moment where Penny Parker is just sliding around. She has Heelys. What? Yeah. I never noticed this. She, it's an Aunt May's house, and then you just see her like pick up her toes, and she's just like sliding. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so she's she she has heelys. She's the fucking coolest kid on the block. I um, love her. <laughs> I, she's so cool when she's like snacking and like hacking on inside her little spider bot. She's the coolest. Exactly. Oh man. I want man. a Penny Parker anime. I want I want like each of these to get like a fleshed out like property. You know what I mean? Like all of these characters to get like their own property in some way or another i need more spider gwen in my life she's so good she's so, so cool good. man she's so i want her to be my best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i i love when she's introduced <laughs> she's and miles is like what's your name and she's like oh i'm guan guanda <laughs> yeah i'm south african <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> That's the moment where like he gets his hand, his hand is sticky, and it just ends up in her hair, and it's just it's a puberty thing. I, it's a cool haircut. It's a cool haircut. I'm not gonna lie, the the haircut she ends up with. No, oh, yeah, what she had at the start. I I agree. I like the the shape side. Which I hadn't seen since like 2011, 2010 in high school, but like it, it worked here. It. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's funny though that like, uh, which I, I guess this is more of a commentary than I think. I think they fixed it though. Where like Spider Gwen and Penny Parker go by their real names. Because she goes by Gwen, she goes by mm. Penny. And, it, which, and the, the male characters go by like, Spider-Man. Spider-Man Noir, Peter Porker. Well, Peter Parker's a pig. That doesn't really count. Peter Porker. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great pun. <laughs> yeah. But um other great moments. What's up danger? 
Finally, I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting into it, man. The mo one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, maybe in any Spider-Man movie, to be honest, and one of the most iconic shots of this movie, that "What's Up, Danger" scene. So good. Also, really quickly, I love that Aunt May is not useless. Oh no, you know what I mean? she's she's a she's a badass. She's the coolest fucking old woman around, and she helped. Miles make a suit, and it feels true to Miles, his suit. And for him to be on that building, thinking about taking that leap, and then just going for it, and oh. I mean, this whole movie's got style, right? When he's 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 tagging on his suit, he's getting his colors, he's. You know, giving his own spin, his own identity into the role of Spider-Man, becoming Spider-Man, and what better way to do it with a, his cool suit and and a leap of faith, jumping into the role of the new Spider-Man. Does he have Jordans? Is that the shoe he has? I think he has. Yeah. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. God. <laughs> this guy. So cool. Oh. Uh, and like I said. The buildings are longer than they actually are supposed to be to give it like more gravity to give it like more like what's a, what's what's a word for it like intensity in the mm. in the moment yeah like, and it works yeah and almost you almost get like a little bit of vertigo was watching him float down Uh oh, we lose you again. Oh no! Yeah, I'm back. Oh, I'm he's back. back. He's back. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's today. the heat, dude. It's um, the heat. Yeah, let's blame it on that. Um, <sighs> this is so much good stuff. I guess one thing I I really like is his relationship with his uncle. Yeah, Aaron. Which is the prowler. And I think that's such a good moment when he finds out his uncle is the prowler and he's like actually trying to kill him. And then when they're at Aunt May's house and he's like, he's about to kill him, he takes off his mask and he's like, what? Uh, it's... And then K Kingpin just shoots him in the fucking back and yeah, I think for Miles it's a it's a pivotal moment because when he takes off the mask, it's it's almost like a plea. He he says to Aaron, um, he's almost like crying. He's like Uncle Aaron. Yeah. It it, it you know it it's almost a little bit of a betrayal, but it's this man he looked to up. He was it's the only person he yeah. like felt he could be himself around. And then when he's trying to kill him, as yeah, like, it just hurts. Yeah. And people call that like Miles's Uncle Ben moment. This is way better than any Uncle Ben moment I've ever heard of. Oh, I agree. Like, I agree. This is so. I feel like there's actually like stakes here, and and not just some random mugger at a store just accidentally shot Uncle Ben. <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's actual like repercussions for Aaron Uncle Aaron dying. Yeah, it feels more emotional. Like we we feel more attached because we like Aaron ourselves. Because Miles loves him, he looks up to him, and and then we get yeah. the whole like tagging scene in the beginning, and you know we're we're having and fun, and Miles feels like he can be himself. So it it hurts to see this like and, person and, we look up to uh, die. Past Miles too. It's also the like the moment when he's trying to like figure out what to do with Uncle Aaron's body. He just like swings away and he's trying to do something and then he ends up in the alley and his dad shows up mm -hmm. and he just sees the dad just sees spider-man he doesn't see miles and he just puts on the mask and he disappears and then he finds his brother's body yeah and that is such a heart-wrenching moment for me and it's just such a it's so fucking nothing can ever like compare to like the emotions i felt in that moment <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah, there's a few more stuff I want to bring up. Um, I think this movie what does so well is that it uh, like has two parallel like stories running, um, and that's with Miles yeah. and Peter B. Parker both reaffirming who their identities are. Like, yeah, they, because Peter they feels both like have he's growth. Yeah, exactly. I love the comparisons between Peter A. Parker and Peter B. Parker because it's like Peter A. is like successful. He's a very happy, loving marriage. He's making tons of money. He's beloved by everybody. He's in the best shape of his life. And then Peter B. Parker lost all his money to fucking TGI Spidey's. Aunt May died. Hmm. He got a divorce. He's living alone in like a really shitty studio apartment in New York. Nobody cares about him. He's out of shape. He feels like a loser. Yeah, I think a lot of us can feel that way sometimes too. Like yeah. this life is beating you down. But he, at the end of the day, he's still Spider Man, and he, you know, has his story with Miles, and he's still finding growth even after he feels like he's peaked already, which I found so strong. And we, we, like, we get. Go ahead. Sorry. No, like, and that's the thing where he feels like he's a waste. He feels like he's a burden, but like you see, he's a great father figure. He's a great mm-hmm. teacher for Miles, and he's like, he's so, like he he holds it back a lot, but like he he eventually grows into it. But he's so caring and he's so nurturing of Miles, and he's such a strong person. And I'm so happy, like, he had that growth in the movie. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes uh, between them two is when they're saying goodbye when Miles is sending Peter home. And uh, Peter asks, how will I know I'm not going to mess it up again? And uh, Miles just says, you won't. And he, that's when you realize that all, everything that Peter was teaching Miles uh, could also isn't it's he could also take himself. And he says, right, it's a leap of faith. And he lets, he lets himself let go and he lets Miles be Spider-Man in his own universe. And it's such a strong moment. So good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments they have is right before that, actually, in which um, Miles does something, and Peter's like super proud of him. He's like, "Hey, there you go, there you go. Do I want a kid?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, but yeah, because it's like that thing where Peter's stuck in this world and he just wants to fucking leave, mm-hmm. and then he grows to love Miles. And it's just so good, the whole thing. I love the 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 diner scene, even though it got cut out of the movie. Like one of my favorite jokes got cut out of the movie, where he's like trying to explain parallel universes with fries. Oh, that's right. That was like in the trailer too. But that's not in the movie. Yeah, it's not in the movie. Um, it, weird choice, but it, it, I guess it makes sense. But yeah, I, their their chemistry is great. Mm-hmm. I do want to note that I think this film is like super inspiring, not just to not just to kids, but even or like I'd say even to adults, but just of any any person of color who's like oh, yeah. finding themselves or it's defining so, who they are in the world. I think it's it, yeah, this movie's great for them. It's so, and it's that thing where it's like not to get controversial or anything. Um, it's so empowering to see somebody that looks like you on screen, mm-hmm. and for the longest time it's always been these white fucking guys on screen these fit like billionaires or whatever and just to see like a kid of color of be spider-man just to see like a spider-man go through mental health problems right and like to see these just different colors and varieties of people wear the mask <laughs> it's just so inspiring it's so important and i can't wait to see how it grows one of the things that yeah one of the things i hate that movies do is when they throw in like a latino character who like is only there he only speaks spanish when he's like ay cabron or whatever it's just like it's just terrible and it almost feels like almost an insult. But the, like what this movie does, her. and the game too, the Miles Morales game, is that they use Spanish and they, they don't subtitle it because 
I don't think you need the subtitles. Uh, and it's just like I, I can actual phrases in Spanish, stuff that, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing in my life. And True. it's just people talking and to seeing it on screen just, and in this format was, stuff was great that, like, slips out like yeah, stuff that slips out like if you speak spanish every day it's in, it's in your vernacular the mm. must just whatever it just happens like there are just some phrases that just make more sense in spanish than english and even if you translate it it just doesn't make any sense yeah and so it's like it's beautiful it's beautifully done like they didn't overdo it or they didn't like cheese it up or anything like they didn't make the mom like try to be like the sexy latina that was the sexy latina mom like hola miles como estas are those your amigos it's like oh thank god it's just like a sweet like cuidate mijo yeah yeah i agree also shout Uh, out to uh to miguel the 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 mexican uh spider-man being in this that i forgot to mention earlier at at the very end yeah Yeah, the post-credit scene the easter egg or the post credit scene or whatever that, that's mm-hmm. cool that's exciting um there was something else i wanted to mention i love the enemy designs in this movie like doc ock was a shocker mm-hmm. that was a complete twist i don't think anybody saw that one coming i definitely did not it caught me so off guard the fact that she was in the movie earlier and like you just didn't think about it you just thought they were watching like this documentary in science class or whatever and then she comes up later again and you're like oh she's actually the bad guy so good i didn't realize um, that uh, that she was the one in the documentary until my second time watching i was like oh my god that's octavius yeah, yeah. uh same same thing here i didn't you, you just don't think about it you just don't think about it until you like you know it's her um yeah. another, another one that was like kingpin is ridiculous in this fucking movie there's no consistency in his size he's always just a fucking brick wall and a tiny head in the middle of it oh he's huge he's a huge guy i I was listening to like the director's commentary of the movie and they were just talking about how funny it was for them to like have this like tiny limo come into the shot yeah and like this huge guy gets out of it yeah i can hear you yes hello Uh, maybe maybe you can't hear me. Hello. Yes. Hello. Oh no. We have lost him yet again. Hello. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'm back. I guess. <laughs> Let's see how long this lasts. Uh, I was listening to the director's commentary, and they're talking about how funny it was for them to put the limo drive up to the the laboratory. And then for it to cut away so that it shows Miles and Peter looking at the limo. And then for it to cut back and you see Kingpin walking away from the limo. Yeah. Like, like how, you how, never how... see him you never see him go through any doors. Like he just appears. <laughs> That's amazing. He just, it's he just can't like fit through anything. He just like appears places and it's so just fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um scorpion was funny for me yeah i i wanted a bit more of him but i i appreciate he's like this like mexican like tech dude like cyber scorpion that i thought was really cool awesome awesomely designed but yeah all the all the villains are great but yeah sorry wanted to ask you since we're running out of tape here what we would like to see in a sequel more <laughs> um, yeah i i think the issue with sequels is like the the problem people have with sequels is like what do we do with these characters we've already kind of like used them up in the first movie um is there really an interesting storyline to continue with and there there's a lot of paths you can go down especially because their stories are also different Mm-hmm. I don't want them to cheese up Miles' relationship with Gwen too much. Oh, that's a hundred percent what we're gonna get. There's no, no... I, I I know I know they're gonna fall in love. Like that's like that. I think they mentioned that. I think they're gonna mention that they're gonna be. Dating. Oh, really? But I just don't think. I think so. Uh, I just don't want them to be like every ten seconds. <laughs> they're just like talking about how cute the other one is. Gwen doesn't seem like that kind of person, obviously, but. 
Yeah, I just don't want them to like cheese it up too much. I want more weird characters to be introduced. Yeah. I want like something like Man Spider to come into this. Do you know about Man Spider? That's the yep. Uh huh. I remember that from the, the from the '90s cartoon. He grew four arms. Yeah. Yeah. The possibilities uh, are there. They could do it. I just want them to get weird with it, really, uh, because the first one was just perfection. They could just have fun and do whatever with the second one. I don't mind. I don't. I would not be surprised with anything. And I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see what happens. What do you want from the sequel? I'm I'm lame and I just want more uh more Gwen. I I think like the two had such like great chemistry. Even not not even not even as like romantic partners to be honest, but like as friends and and spider people who are like doing this together since they're both young. I think could make for some really cool stuff on screen. Um, in terms of themes, I don't know what like what they could do that could top this. It it's honestly, like I said, for me it's like a perfect movie for me, but. Overall, it's like an almost perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they could. I don't think their best bet is to top it. I think it's to match it. And. I just think they just got to get weird with it. Well, like, we'll I think one of the, one of the mm-hmm. post credit scenes was like that. The, the 90s cartoon. Or like one of those old cartoons. The, the old Spider-Man cartoon. Where it was yeah, like the, the 60s. Meme. In the 60s. The 60s meme. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the post credit scenes. So they just get weird with it like that. Really, if I'm being honest, I just want them to build like the Spider-Verse universe outside of these movies. Like I want a Peter I want a Spider-Ham Saturday morning cartoon. I want a Penny Parker anime. I want a uh Spider-Gwen movie where it's just like uh, how her Peter died and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Spider Gwen movie or a show would, would be awesome. Um, because she does she deserves more. She's she's a cool Spider- character. I want a Spider Man noir true crime show. Uh, there you go. Like, I, I just want them to build this universe, and they totally could. Especially especially like with Spider Man noir, Spider Ham and Penny Parker, which we didn't get much of in this movie. Mm. I just want more. Uh, weird characters getting beautiful stories like that. I agree. Well, we'll find out what will happen in the sequel on October 7th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, I've got some letterbox reviews for us. We always end this show with uh, some, some reviews over on Letterboxd, see what people are saying. Um, and let me tell you, it was hard to pick some because all of them are pretty much saying the same thing. We'll, we'll see here in a minute. Uh, Lily with five stars and a heart writes, sorry, but I don't trust people who don't like this film. Lily, I agree. This movie, this movie rocks. Yeah. It's, it's hard to hate this movie. And then I only have one more. Uh, Ralph with five stars and a heart writes, the best Spider-Man film. Beyond being funny, creative, and wonderfully animated, it truly has the understanding of the character of Spider-Man. Yeah. This uh, movie, for sure, for me. Especially because like animation, you can make it however you want and you have to like be the constructs of the real world mm-hmm. this movie has like the purest understanding of spider-man i've ever seen in my life fantastic and i agree with that 100 percent. folks we hope you enjoyed today's sh- uh, episode remember to give us a sub to stay up to date with all our cinema thoughts here on large popcorn um cesar where can people find you Oh no, right at the end, we lost him again. Ah. Maybe maybe I will plug Cesar's Twitter for everyone. At Cesar Torres on Twitter. You can find his Twitter in the description below. Oh man. We almost made it. And then we lost him. You can also follow our pal over on the patch notes. Oh. Oh, he's back! Sorry, he's back! No. I was filling the air wait, for you. Wait, 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 wait! Let me, let me, wait. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't know what's going on with my computer. <laughs> um, hello? Can you hear yes. me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what's going on with my computer. <laughs> uh, 
literally all I heard you say was my name, and then something fell in the background of your of your site. I think. Uh, I said, where can people find you? Um, you want me to say it because I think I heard you say it. Go for it. Um, uh, you can follow me at Caesar Towers on Twitter, uh, Instagram, social media, Twitch, all the good stuff. Um, you can follow my show, Patch Notes, where we talk about all the video game news you need to know about in under fifteen minutes. Uh, that's over at YouTube and in podcast services. You can find it at link dot wait no linktr.ee slash patch notes or patch notes vids on Twitter. And yeah, that's basically it. Sometimes I'm on Simply Sassy. I interviewed Xavier Woods. Uh, uh, it was fun. It was a good time. And you're uh, uh, co-hosting the uh, Mario Golf Super Rush with uh, with Ben. I, I I am I am I am the Extra Life co-host. I'm the one that's like keeping an eye on the donations. And gotcha, stuff like gotcha, that. gotcha, 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 gotcha. So. Well, I I signed up in, initially to to play with everyone, but I have a family thing that weekend, so I won't be able to make it. But I'll try to catch the. Oh, the show here and there you're missing out on all the smack talk in there it's crazy dude no I, i'm in still in the chat i'm st- and i'm still smack talking oh. griffin griffin's gonna lose <laughs> baby well this is after so are you right well we'll, we'll have to out. wait and see yeah yeah all folks until next time we hope you enjoyed the show in denis we trust